0: welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm David Bax. Tyler Smith is on assignment. Joining me as both co-host and guest is our friend Amanda Mankey or Mankey.
1: Depending on how you want to say it. Sure. Yes. (laughs) I'm so excited I got double duty. Co-host and guest. (laughs) It's so rare. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah well we had uh, I mean I, I think I had already Penciled in with you this date, and then Tyler was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm." He was
1: intimidated. To... It's okay, you can <laughs> say
0: right. it. No, he's at the um, International Christian Film Festival in Orlando, uh, that's in Florida, where he's uh, he's actually uh, giving a, a talk, like hosting a, a oh, talk. Oh wow, and what's panels. his panel about? Uh, it's about um, why critics are important which is
1: something oh what a sweet idea it's <laughs> <laughs> charming
0: i think from what i understand i mean that, that's something that a lot of movie fans in general uh don't necessarily agree with and i think from what tyler has told me christian movie fans in particular
1: oh uh, yes are a little bit
0: re- resistant nary a more suspicious bunch <laughs> <laughs> but uh amanda how have you been
1: I've been great. Um, I just got back from Iceland, actually. Yeah. Which is a place I've always wanted to go.
0: Inspiring our loose topic for the episode, I so guess. So loose. Very the loosest. Loose. Yeah.
1: Um, yes. No, I had a wonderful time there um, for the most part, except that I had a horrible time, also.
0: So, okay. You know. I want to hear about both things, I guess.
1: Yeah. It was good because I think you should do things you always wanted to do, but I think it was bad because maybe you don't need to spend six days in. in Krzysztof Koslowski film, basically. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it was very Decalogue, the entire thing. I, I called someone on FaceTime to show them the buildings and be like, look, doesn't this look like 1980s brutalist Poland? Wow. Yeah.
0: Uh, what was the weather like uh, this time of year?
1: Well, it rained, uh-huh. and then 10 minutes later it would snow, and then 10 minutes later it would be bright and sunny and hot, and then in another 10 minutes it would rain and snow again. So, yeah.
0: Okay, it so it was, was the good and the bad.
1: Yeah, the good and the bad, and it was just a long time to be there, so... Okay. And I was just by myself the whole time, staring at a space out of window, doing my part.
0: <laughs> doing your part for what?
1: Uh, to enjoy myself, I, I guess? Think, question mark. It's unsure.
0: <laughs> I think the fact that you're framing, like, even enjoying yourself as, like, An act a duty, of like, solitude, staring, yeah, like, well, you dutiful. Know, just chipping in, having fun. It's, you know, whatever <laughs> you can what do. Doing what I can as exactly. a human.
1: <laughs> one tries, one tries.
0: Um, now, look. Uh this show doesn't uh you know it doesn't uh, uh I'm stalling for time right now. The the show doesn't pay for itself. It doesn't uh uh keep the the wheels spinning on its own. Uh we have <laughs> They are spinning. Um, yes, <laughs> they are spinning exactly. Yeah. Uh we have advertisers. Oh, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now that this this episode of Battleship Retention is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only five ninety nine a month. Can you believe it, Amanda?
1: That's an amazing deal.
0: Yeah, it is an amazing deal. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Um...
1: That would have been useful on the plane because there's no um, Wi-Fi on the plane from Iceland. So you could watch the movies on your phone or your other
0: devices. Uh, Yeah. What's the what's what airline Iceland Air?
1: That would be the nice one. I went on Wow Air, which was two hundred and sixty dollars for the entire round trip ticket. So
0: that's incredible.
1: I know it was a little scary. I was like, maybe the plane will fall apart. That's why it's so cheap.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's an adventure in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, if you're flying to Iceland on <laughs> on, a, <laughs> on a wing and a the prayer, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's also a special offer for, for listeners of Battleship Retention. You can try MUBI for free for a month. Just go to MUBI.com, that's M U B I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. And when you're on your WoW airplane, mm-hmm. right, you don't want to be bothering, you know, you're watching your art films, you don't want to be bothering the people mm-hmm. around you, they're all clinging to their armrests for dear life. Praying for <laughs> redemption, <laughs> yeah. sure. Um,
1: Pondering the importance of critics.
0: It's, yeah, you're going to need some earbuds, and the, the place you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors is <laughs> tweakedaudio.com. Uh, that's um, there. I'm a big fan. I know Tyler's a big fan. We use their. We're, we're not just uh, we're not just shills. We're actually uh, clients. <laughs> um, we use tweaked audio earbuds all the time. Uh, they're wow. Yeah. Um, they're available at a low low price. They'd block out that helicopter. Uh, uh, but if you want one third off that already low low price. Uh, and no shipping, then you're going to want to use the offer code pretension at checkout. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming
1: about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
0: Okay. I,
1: I like that you guys mix it up. One's battleship, one's pretension. Yeah, that uh, that was
0: not in uh, intentional that just happened. Yeah.
1: All right. I mean, um, I was going to give you a compliment for being savvy business folk, but that's all right.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> Comment at rescinded. At <laughs> uh, okay, so I asked you Well, I asked you about Iceland. Mhm. Yeah, like I like oh. I have a checklist here
1: Guess how much a hamburger costs in
0: Iceland um, Well, I think you just told me it was
1: $39 Okay, way to ruin it for our <laughs> listeners Who have no way of hearing this Do you like how I said our listeners? Yeah, because I'm co-host. the co-host exactly. I know, oh my gosh, I feel such a sense of ownership over this episode
0: Absolutely, feel free to talk over me anytime you
1: want Oh, don't worry, I will
0: <laughs> uh, So yeah, $39 for mm-hmm. a hamburger And
1: an avocado, just guess how much that is
0: Oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to ask you questions. Is it more or less than a hamburger?
1: Uh, less.
0: <laughs> it's less than a hamburger. Uh, but uh, I'm going to say it's seventeen dollars for an avocado.
1: No, it's only six fifty. A That's steal. still too much. A steal. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, OK, well, uh, the hamburger is thirty nine dollars. Mm-hmm. I
1: have
0: to ask what comes on it.
1: Nothing comes with it. You don't get fries. You don't get anything else. That was my next question. Yeah, no, it's just a regular hamburger. I didn't order it because I can't afford such luxuries, but you know. So I'm saying a
0: hamburger on a bun.
1: With um, maybe, I think, some sauce. The real thing, man, oh man, I can't believe I waited this long to reveal the greatness of Icelandic hot dogs, which is my new favorite thing in the whole world. now we're talking. We are so talking. Apparently, it's a big thing in Iceland. I think I saw
0: this on... uh uh, no reservations.
1: Yes, I went to the place that he went to, although I think that's the second best place. He really thought it was the best place, but there's... Uh, so like. But you sw-
0: know Anthony Bourdain isn't going to go to the place that everyone tells him is the best place, just as a contrarian, right?
1: No, but he did, though. That, that, that's, that's the place that you're supposed to go to, I guess. So he went there. I went to, like, four different hot dog stands, so I feel like I'm the expert here, and the best one is... You had
0: six days. You went to four stands. Well, it cost you, you know. $120. <laughs> and it was
1: worth every penny. Uh, no, there's a little swimming pool out in the suburbs which i accidentally rode a bus to and then was like well here i am now i guess i'll go swimming which is a big part of icelandic culture also and there was a hot dog stand out front with a girl that had the longest crazy red braids i've ever seen in my life i don't know why i didn't want to ask her i felt rude how long they were like way past her butt like really they were fake but they were like lots of them and she was just this like tall strange gorgeous icelandic girl with like crazy red braids (laughs) anyway so she made these gorgeous hot dogs so the the way they do it is they have the bun they put fried like crispy onions on the bottom part with on board. ketchup. And then well. they put the oh listen, listen, just wait. I too was skeptical. And then they put the um hot dog on top of it, then uh like some sort of mayonnaise sauce and sort of mustard, but it's really good and very delicious. So if you ever go, I suggest getting one. But maybe okay. not five, which is how many I had.
0: <laughs> Do I have to get the ketchup?
1: I mean, you can make it however you want. I'm just, if you want the real Icelandic experience, I think you have to have the ketchup.
0: Here's the thing I grew up having ketchup on hot dogs because that's what kids do, right?
1: Listeners, a traumatized look has come into our dear no. co host's eyes. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: no, I mean, this isn't traumatized at all. This, this is me uh, going from, you know, for, this is the, the road to Damascus oh, scales dear. from my eyes. Okay. Saul becomes Paul moment. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Chicago for four years, oh. where I don't know if you know. But they, like, Chicago, they put everything in the salad bar on the hot dog, but no ketchup. And they are very adamant that ketchup does not belong on hot dogs. Is that just a thing? It's a thing. Like, whole, like, tomato slices belong on hot dogs. I've seen, yeah. Which I like, actually. But ketchup isn't, like, there are places, and this... You know, our absent co-host, Tyler, who um, still eats like a child and therefore um, prefers ketchup on his hot dogs. Mm. Uh, He was like and also lived in Chicago for even longer than I did because he stayed there for a couple of years after I moved out here. Um, He tells stories of going to places where he would ask for ketchup on on a hot dog and they would tell him, listen, there's ketchup on the table for the French fries. You can put it on the hot dog if you want. We're not putting ketchup on a hot So tub.
1: aggressive.
0: <laughs> that's, I yeah, love that's a hardline,
1: nonsensical food stance, though. You know, <laughs> if someone's like, nope, I'm not touching that bottle. You okay. can do it yourself. Like, it's a disgusting thing that you've asked them. I like that.
0: Let me ask you about this, then. Okay. How do you feel? And I'm hoping I'm not going to tip my hand either way about how I feel. How do you feel about a restaurant with where no substitutions are allowed?
1: Um, part of me loves rules so much that I really love the idea of just adhering to rules, even if they're just made up rules. Yeah. Like, that's my rule as a I'm restaurant. With I'm with you. So I'm OK with that. I really yes. am. I feel like if you go somewhere and you know ahead of time it says no substitutions or that is con- conveyed to you in some way, that's that's life, man. Yeah, you don't get to I, decide everything every minute of your life. Sometimes you have to be on someone else's ride, you know?
0: I absolutely love that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like not to uh, continue to show for our sponsors they to get what they the paid for, but like. That's what I like about movie is that like there's you, you know I could spend hours mm-hmm. on you know Netflix or Amazon or whatever looking at all the the options and movie there's thirty movies they're handpicked mm-hmm. those are your choices <laughs> no, I And one of them is going to expire at the end of the day like I I, I like having that so kind so you got of fear
1: a, of missing out you've got urgency you've got all the classic business tactics yeah. limited scarcity it's and perfect. well I
0: think what it comes to down to is that I have a natural inclination to trust experts mm. if someone is like okay they're an expert in that so like if i'm going to a restaurant and it's like okay this is the chef this is what he or she makes this is what they do who am i to come in and say no do it this way
1: so are you pro-critic then do you believe in critics i
0: definitely believe in critics
1: really yes interesting
0: i absolutely believe is it that just
1: because you're a critic
0: no, I'm a critic because, to the I, because I believe in. Yeah, that's it. I'm a critic because Toddry stuff, man. Speaking of film criticism, let me tell you what's available on the website right now. I'm telling the listener. No, um, oh, okay. but Amanda, you're obviously allowed to listen in.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> um,
0: uh, see, once again, uh, my my flow's all off without uh without with a, you know my usual co-host. Um, not that this is a problem.
1: Uh, my yeah. stony silence speaks for itself. I,
0: I think we're. <laughs> Uh, adding new, you know, uh, new wrinkles here. This is this is delightful, but um, here's what's here's what's going on over at the website Kay. these days. Here's what you can find
1: down at the farm. Uh,
0: you can find the the double feature podcast. I don't know if you've heard of these guys. They're part of the battle, Battleship Retention Fleet of podcasts, uh, and they pick two movies that may or may not have anything to do with one another. They watch them, they talk about them, and they try to find similarities. Hmm. So they're watching. They they, they talked about, well, they've been doing a lot lately, but they did R100, which I never saw. I don't know if you saw that Mm -hmm. movie. And Bringing Out the Dead, the Martin Mm -hmm. Scorsese movie. So that's interesting. Uh, Oh, topical. uh, You know, uh, very... very, I'll be the judge of that. Very relevant. Uh, uh, Scott and I reviewed the 1990 feature film version of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, that is very topical. um, Starring Robert Duvall and Faye Dunaway. And now I'm forgetting who the main character, main actress is. but typical. Um, I,
1: wait, why is it typical? I don't know. I just <laughs> okay. felt like that was the right moment to say that.
0: Uh, let's see. Matt reviewed, uh, never too young to die over at, uh, uh, for home video. Y'all let's
1: got see. any women that write for um, this website? Well,
0: let me tell you, Sarah, uh who is at this point our only regular female contributor uh but uh Sarah uh saw a couple of films she's in Boston she went to the Independent Film Festival of Boston reviewed Street Fighting Men and Chuck the uh Chuck Wepner biopic starring Liev Schreiber um and Naomi Watts and Elizabeth Moss that's out out now um I attended the uh Kolkata Festival here which is uh the 21st year uh, Colcoa means City of Lights, City of Angels, and it's a week of premieres of new French films. Like, these are usually the, usually the U.S. premieres, or at least the west coast premieres you ever seen that like
1: mm, yeah
0: when like uh, fest, like the nashville film festival will have this is the tennessee premiere
1: <laughs> yeah and it gets like smaller and smaller until it's yeah. like it's the nashville um, <laughs> municipal 34th district right. premiere and yeah. you're like okay i guess
0: uh, yeah but i guess you gotta that's that's the currency of film festivals i don't mean to pick on the nashville film festival um it's a great festival just, uh, have you been no i've
1: never been i've never oh. heard of it but it's i can tell it's fantastic and run by smart recently
0: so it was on my mind um, but nashville's a great uh a great city even though as of the, this recording the Nashville Predators are likely about to eliminate my St. Louis Blues from the NHL playoffs trying to keep my hopes up mm. you know but it's the it's like a rugby thing? To one. I, I, NHL means National Hockey League so uh, mm. the H and NHL thank you for you know mm. I assumed people knew what the NHL was
1: no one knows <laughs> what that is, I promise you.
0: Um, okay, what else is going on? Sarah also uh, is working her way through the listener-voted uh, top 100 list that's available. at. Uh, this is a year-long project that Sarah's doing, which she's watching every, from 100 to 1, oh. uh, every movie in our top 100 that was voted by our listeners. A thankless um, task,
1: if ever there was one.
0: So she's at number 66. She reviewed City Lights, the, the Chaplin film. Uh, Okay.
1: I feel like people maybe voted for that one and haven't actually seen
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want to, you know, I've seen a lot of Chaplin. Um, I have not seen City Lights, actually. Whoa, but it's on your list?
1: You allow such things to happen? These
0: are listener voted. There's a ton of movies on that list I haven't seen, probably. Mm. Uh, And Tyler reviewed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Have you seen that yet? uh, No. um, You know I haven't (laughs) because we were just talking about it uh, off mic. Sorry, yeah, okay. I was
1: trying to like have an actual podcast moment, but you keep ruining all of them by revealing There's, we've spoken to each other before. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners might know that um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the original one, is, among, is your
1: favorite it's among movie. The Marvel
0: films that I never got around to, which is most of them, I've, I've seen. There are more Marvel. Well, they're so
1: films hard I to find in a theater, and hard to seen. find on TV, and um, no one talks about them or ever watches them. So how would you ever?
0: Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, but this is okay. All right, I'll finish my thought, and then we'll get to that. Because I want to oh say boy. something about like that. Um, but yeah, I am attending the bachelor party of a friend of the show, Dan Gvozden. Uh You know, congrats on, uh, to him. And part of the bachelor party is, it's like a day-long thing with a bunch of events. And one of those events is going to see, uh, getting drunk first, thank God, mm-hmm. and then going to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So I've decided before Saturday, which means by the time you're watching this, listen to this, I will watch Guardians of the Galaxy, so I can, you know, I, I, I hate to miss out.
1: Thank you. Thank you, David. We've been waiting. Okay,
0: so this is the thing that that, that has come up on the podcast before. I want to get your uh, your opinion, because we have a, um, well, I, I shouldn't say friend of the show, because he's never been on the show, but he's a friend of uh, me and Tyler's, and a listener to the show, who insists that with certain franchises, because my my point of view is when I, I hate when someone says, you gotta see this or like assumes that you know, when something starts to feel feel like you'll be you're not a good film geek or whatever if you don't get to see that, I I think I reflexively sort of
1: reject that I uh, reject notion. that sure. and so
0: maybe there's some contrarianism in my not having seen Fury Road say um mm. which is the one that usually gets pointed to uh but uh our, our friend Joel said a while ago that there are certain franchises and he was talking about the Star Wars because we had uh, our friend Terrence who's been on the podcast a number of times has never seen the prequels mm. intentionally but are those the new ones uh no, no the prequels are the George Lucas directed ones from 99 2002 and 2005 so uh, the new ones uh, I, oh, okay, but not but not Force Awakens
1: uh, the, yeah, or The, uh, also. the
0: Last just... Jedi that's coming sure. out this year. Yeah. See, so now you got to talk, that's the thing. Uh, anyway, yeah, you got to be more specific. Uh, but yes, the uh, episodes 1, 2, and 3. He's <laughs> never seen it. Joel's point of view, my point of view has always been that you don't make a decision not to see a movie. That, that's a passive thing. You make a decision to see a movie. And so no one should be chastised for not having seen something. But... Joel's argument was...
1: No, by watching with, with something else, Wars, you're still choosing not to watch something else.
0: No, but I mean, maybe, maybe Terrence took a nap. I don't know what Terrence did. He didn't go see those movies. He didn't choose not to see those movies. Okay. That's my point of view. How do, you, do you feel that there are certain franchises or certain movies that come out that have so much cultural relevance or cultural currency that you have to make a decision not to see them?
1: Um I think you're often confronted by things that other people deem so important and they hold so valuable that it makes your life pretty hellish if you don't engage with it in some way. I really don't care for Star Wars that much and I like when the movies come out I'm I dutifully go see them because again it's like something that I feel like everyone will talk about forever and but I don't care to talk about it so much but yeah I mean
0: Okay, know. so you do dutifully go see them.
1: For the most part, but there's some things that I just I know I'm not going to like. I know I'm not going to care about it.
0: See that that thing you're talking about that pressure, that awkwardness, that friction mm-hmm. of everyone assuming you've seen something and you haven't. Uh that gives me life. <laughs> this is why I'm a contrarian. Like I think but I But not
1: liking it is the same thing.
0: Uh no, I feel like it's even more I think it's even more trollish of me mm-hmm. to just like, because I'm like, it's one thing to be the guy who's like on Twitter, like, oh, that thing you like, it's not actually very good or whatever, you know? But it's. Which is
1: a weird stance, too, I think. Yeah,
0: it, but it's. It somehow even more upsets people. To be like, oh, I didn't even like, get around I, to seeing <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't even seen that. My
1: life is so busy and full that I just couldn't even be bothered to watch one of the biggest franchises in the history of the universe. Oh.
0: Uh, yeah, I, and I have to admit, like, it's not. You know, I'm not. I don't enjoy that so much that I'm intentionally not going to see things that I want to see but I'm not going to make time for something uh, you know just to be part of the conversation sure I mean I I know that
1: I won't like it so it doesn't matter if I I mean seeing it or not seeing it is kind of like I mean I went to go see the most recent Star Wars one because it was Christmas and I was home with my family and that's what they wanted to do but I probably wouldn't have seen it otherwise we're talking about
0: the the, uh, what was it called Rogue One
1: sure maybe
0: uh, which I, I loved. I thought that was great, um, better than the Force Awakens. But I like uh, anyway. Um, but I remember because I used to have that thing of like, especially in the summer, like like oh, I'm going to Comic Con. I'm going to see the other like you know film bloggers who were, you know more successful than I am. And at that point, that bothered me. Whereas now,
1: so you realize um, they're all sad and alone. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and I've nothing been, bothers you. They're all sad and alone, um, and terrible I've people for the most part. Been to I went. To therapy for three years, and also my career career has gone, you know, knock on wood, has gone quite well in the intervening years. I'm much, and I realize, oh, I'm much happier doing the thing that I'm doing than scraping by uh, as a as a blogger, which is what I thought I wanted to do five David, or six years ago.
1: Comparison is violence against the self, and I hope that you like know that in your heart.
0: I think that's I, I've never heard it put that way, but uh, I think you're right, and I think that's what my uh, therapist uh, taught me. Yep. Um, but here's so I used to do the thing, especially at the summer. In the summer, like trying to see the stuff that everyone was going to talk about.
1: It doesn't matter and though. Then here's what happened:
0: I saw Prometheus. And mm-hmm. I fucking hated it so much that I kind of feel like every time there's a movie that I'm not interested in but everyone is talking about, all it has to do is it's my Alamo. I just have to say, mm. remember Prometheus. See,
1: I feel like I saw so many because when I was when I was the lead film critic for Film. dot com for many years, um, I feel like I. I saw so many the, the movies. The audience didn't,
0: didn't wasn't able to see your hair flip. My hair flip there. that was
1: enormous and <laughs> took up 3 blocks. Yeah. <laughs> um I I saw so many movies that I got to the point where I could tell from like marketing the feeling of marketing alone whether or not I was gonna like a movie and just from even looking at a poster or like see, I, did, I didn't like watching uh, trailers I hate I to this day I still hate watching trailers because I think they give away the entire film yeah, I generally avoid it, it's awful I think if you actually want to enjoy a movie you can't see a trailer, um, but. Uh, yeah so i felt like i got really good at knowing if i was gonna like something or not and i have such particular tastes like cause people are like what's the, the last movie you saw in theaters that you loved and i'm like uh it follows
0: maybe like <laughs> oh, really? you know
1: i just have such particular taste that it's really rare for me to like really love a movie
0: all right i think the last movie i saw in the theater that i really loved was uh all these sleepless nights which mm. uh we were talking about off mic
1: well, I was going to ask you about it, as if we hadn't been talking <laughs> but about. But we've already,
0: it. like Tyler and I, have already talked about the movie oh, okay. uh, at length. So I figure. Um, all right, where were we? Talked about that. I talked about the stuff that's. Oh, on the can I tell
1: you about my dream birthday party, really quick? It's re- relevant, on. I promise. I
0: need to ask you to clarify, is this your ideal birthday party, or yes. is this a birthday party you had in a dream?
1: No, but it could probably be both. So along the lines of like not seeing something to annoy someone, I have often thought that my ideal dream, and, and the description of the bachelor party you're talking about, uh-huh. I feel like my dream birthday party would be to gather together a collection of people that I like, love, care about, whatever, and for an entire day force them to go through a film festival of my selection, and uh-huh. be like, I will give a speech about each one of these movies then we're gonna watch them and be like maybe not even just a day but an entire weekend of amanda mikey's like curated film festival of fun and force everyone to watch like you know all these movies that they're never gonna watch because they're average lovely people and they don't deserve that (laughs) um yeah god i don't even know i never got around i was so delighted at the thought of inflicting this pain on others that i never got around to selecting the actual films which i feel like would vary from you know year to year it'd be hard to say
0: because um, I, I kind of had a similar thought looking at, at the, the schedule for, for Dan's uh, bachelor party. Because mm-hmm. we're going to see the movie in Santa Monica, and I was like, I wonder what's playing at the Lemley in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And there's a the new, Lemley, the Royal there. Um, no, not the, the Royal, which is um, yeah. that is that that's on that's on Santa Monica? Is that technically? I can't. That's like near the border. Is that Santa Monica? Yeah, the city of Santa. No, I'm it's talking past about the, New Art. The um, yeah, but the New Art's not technically Santa Monica. What? That's, I, I think that's technically a Los Angeles address. Really? I could be wrong,
1: Mike. Wait, I mean, I trust you. You know best.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I know, not um, at all. <laughs> uh, but and
1: um, the co-host is supposed to be supportive.
0: Um, uh, we'll get back to the Royal in a second. Um,
1: the best place to watch old people watching movies in all of Los <laughs> I, Angeles. I love it. I maintain. But
0: no, this is the um, the the Monica the, the the Santa Monica Film Center, the one that's on like Second Street, it's near oh, the ocean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was there for a while. And then they closed it for a while and remodeled it. Now it's uh, keep up.
1: What a heady Um, brew of (laughs) intrigue it is over there.
0: And they're showing the new documentary about Julian Schnabel. And I was like, Mm. I want, if I had a bachelor party, I'd make everyone watch the documentary. But yes, that's my kind
1: of trollish hell uh, as well.
0: Yeah. I I say that, but my bachelor party was going to a Dodgers game in a steakhouse, which is kind of basic. But, uh, I've realized that when it comes to fun,
1: you I'm don't know base, how to have it.
0: No, I'm a basic bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like cruise ships. Oh I like Las Vegas. no. I like baseball games. Oh dear. <laughs> Steak houses. Like everything that is just and like it's like,
1: that every man charm you've got, David. Come on.
0: Like it. it yeah, I get. I, that's the thing. It's you, can, hate, you can
1: you can tell what the people like, and you align your interests with that, and that's what makes you such a good critic, right? But they're not
0: actually. Yes, maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that's that's my. I don't principles. like anything, which I, is why I was a terrible was critic. Anthropological. That's <laughs> yes. why I hang out. But I don't like any. Like, I have never in my life played beer pong i looked on my nose at the idea mm-hmm. but i like being around the type of people like i like being in a place where beer pong, pong is being played because sure. that's, i think i have this sort of like again maybe this it's not plot, fun it's
1: fun adjacent <laughs> it's <laughs> your like, this, style yeah, of like fun this
0: is what fun looks like i'm engaged in fun or oh I'm...
1: that's desperately sad it's something maybe to bring up with the therapist
0: <laughs> i think um but uh yeah the uh the, the royal okay mm-hmm. um so uh, I'm not sure how often you go to the Royal or the New Art.
1: Um, I mean, I drive by them every day.
0: Um, and
1: I go to them probably, maybe like twice a year, I would say.
0: There is, and now I'm forgetting the name of it. Again, I'm off of my...
1: I saw a Mustang there, I think, was the last thing I saw at um, oh, okay.
0: the Royal. Um, I saw... What was the last thing I saw at the Royal? I was there not that long ago, and I can't remember what I saw. Um, but... Uh, well, I know I saw um, I, Daniel Blake there, but I think I've been back since. But there's a, a new bar, new-ish bar, it's been open for like a year now, called the Nickel Mine mm-hmm. that I love because it's it's exactly like equidistant between the new art and the royal. Stumble and from so, one to the other. <laughs> yeah, but also whichever place I'm going, uh, I know there's a place that I can go get a drink before or after. They have a great happy hour. Because uh, of
1: your alcoholism that you're announcing right now.
0: Uh, I do have, like, if you... Name any movie theater or like critic screening room in Los Angeles. I can probably tell you where the best
1: that was always my favorite thing about. um, Oh, the screening room that closed down that was right by the Beverly. Oh, Charles.
0: The Charles Adikoff. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. And now that room is open again, but it's not oh, really? by the same people. And now it's called the Rodeo screening room and mm-hmm. it does not have free candy. Which that is what was
1: the greatest thing yes. ever was the candy. But yeah. So that one, I would always go and walk around to like the Beverly region or whatever it is and have an $18 cocktail. Yeah. That's
0: too, yeah. You gotta Back go in the heyday of if you, if you film cross, critic life. Uh, this is me like showing my, uh, you know, putting out my my money in my mouth is if you, Cross Wilshire and turn left. On the right, there's a bar called Oliver that has a, or it's a bar and restaurant called Oliver that has uh, like a three three p.m. to ten p.m. happy hour.
1: I'm writing so, this down furiously. Uh, you can't see it, but I'm taking notes. I'm scribbling.
0: So that's where you want to go instead, cool. of, instead well, now, of going to the. Well, I don't uh, go to any screening rooms
1: anymore, so my life is different now, and I can go to bars anytime.
0: But you still, like, so you're not working as a critic anymore, but you must still be on the lists, right? Oh, you I'm on
1: all the lists, yeah. So
0: you don't you don't respond to any of the invites. I
1: go if it's something I actually want. Okay. <laughs> if it's something I'd like to see then yeah I go
0: well I think the last thing we were both at at the same time even though we didn't realize it until later was the overnight right
1: no we were at or I saw Tyler oh, and okay. Ian at um uh, a Marvel movie a uh, Doctor Strange I think I okay, saw both yeah. of them there maybe you were not there I, I was know. not
0: I didn't go to the critics yeah. screening for that so I think this is so the overnight so was, was like overnight. a year and a half ago, and we didn't realize until like on, we were on Twitter the next day, both talking uh, about yeah. it that we were both there. Uh, I didn't. I did not like that movie very
1: much. Uh, so I have a movie that's sort of being passed around UTA right now, and that I wrote, and they keep being like, "You need to make it more like the overnight," and I'm like, uh, "All right, trying to summon some energy for that, sure."
0: Um, trying to think of a good uh, happy hour near the UTA screening room.
1: Oh, uh, I don't even know.
0: But uh I can't think of one. There's yeah. not a good one. Uh the UTA screening room is a treat uh, in itself. I don't know if you I been like in
1: Lionsgate screening uh, room a lot. Okay. Uh,
0: that's a good one. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, nothing really around there either. That's an office no. park type area. That
1: is, that is hard, no place to drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: anyway, um oh this is fun. I could do a whole episode. You should. That's a about, great one, dude. That's um, a good idea. But it that's so that's Who so cares? inside. Not only cares. is it like Los Angeles only; it's like critic screening rooms only. Shh. Um, but
1: uh, ranking yeah. the candy of the different screening rooms would be
0: what? Which ones left have some, Dick Clark still puts out candy? Beverly. But it doesn't... You mean the Adikoff doesn't anymore? No, it's the red but then arrow. what
1: was the other one that was on that... Or like really close to there on Wilshire or something like that?
0: The Wilshire screening room also doesn't. Not anymore? anymore. And not ever since they... Um, I
1: saw James Rocky fall asleep in a screening there once. And he <laughs> basically swore he would murder me if I ever told anyone. It was um, great.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll ask you off mic what the movie was. Um, I don't
1: remember, to be uh, perfectly honest. I wish I did.
0: Uh, I remember um, going to see... Uh, when I this one this is when I was still pretty new to getting invited to to screenings so you still
1: went to a bunch all the ones that you don't um, actually need to go to
0: I I still do that actually oh Um, that's adorable uh, but um, the first time I saw Leonard Maltin at a screening which is now something that happens every day every week at least yeah Um, but I ended up sitting next to him now I can't remember the name of the movie what was the John Sayles movie in like 2011 2012 that was about like the Zack
1: and Mary make a porno uh, yeah that's
0: the one (laughs) um uh, Dane DeHaan was in it. It was in t- took place oh. in the Philippines in like the 1910s. Hmm. Um, Chris Cooper was in it, if you can imagine him in a John Sayles movie. Oh, I can imagine. Um, what the hell was in it? Anyway, I can't remember the name yeah. of the movie. But uh, Leonard Malton sat down right next to me, and I was like, oh, Did this is you cool. die? <laughs> Maybe I should say hi. But then the woman on the other side of him. She had the same idea times 100 and completely like monopolized monopolized, until the second the lights went down. She just talked at Leonard Maltin.
1: I feel like I can guess who that is and I really want to say, but I'm not (laughs) going to. I don't know.
0: Uh, I mean, I might know her now, but um, this was not, like I said, I was still new. Um, You met Ebert, right? Uh, No, that again, that's Tyler. You get me and Tyler confused. I don't remember that Tyler did that at all. So I was just asking you if you've Uh, ever met him. No, because yeah, when we lived in Chicago, Tyler did meet Roger Uh, Roger Ebert. Yeah.
1: Uh, On a snowy street under the fall of
0: darkness. (laughs) Like, sure, it was Uh, some epic story. I think it was a sunny day downtown. Oh, dear. Uh, It was when, I mean, obviously when Roger Ebert was still walking Mm because he was walking down the sidewalk.
1: I met him at Sundance when he was still walking, (laughs) still ambulatory, I guess.
0: Um, That's fun yeah oh
1: fun times like Kevin Sorbo was at the same screening and I don't remember what it
0: was um, equally yeah, excited I, by both Hercules and Ebert uh, uh, you keep forgetting what the movies are on these screens I want to know where Jim I saw Drocky so many I saw in. so yeah. many movies
1: in my life I'm sure you did too but, but your memory's you ha- I feel like I
0: have a pretty good memory of if you name a movie I can tell you where I saw it
1: oh I could probably do that too
0: but um, there are some I've probably forgotten mm. uh, but yeah that's that's actually this is so nerdy so film nerdy that people are listening. Out of everything that's happened <laughs> yeah, so far, I'm nerd. excited.
1: What could uh, it possibly be?
0: But that's something in film school that Tyler and I used to, just to pass the time, I'd, like, name a movie and see if he could tell me what theater he saw it in. Oh, um, oh, shucks. Or if he saw it at home or whatever, and we'd go back and forth doing that. What fun. Uh, yeah. The,
1: My eyes are darting around the room looking for an exit, <laughs> friends. <laughs>
0: All right, um, we're half an hour in. Should we talk about the thing we said we were going to talk about? Sure, let's
1: dabble at it. We're, let's which is, paw well, at it nervously.
0: Thing. Here's what happened, is you just got back from Iceland. Yes. So I was like, oh, maybe we'll talk about Icelandic movies.
1: And then we For looked at the list, and we were like, oh, uh, maybe well, not.
0: there's the films of Baltasar Kamakor, or however you say his name, mm-hmm. who has since come over and uh, become a... a studio hack I don't want to say that he's become wow. a journeyman It's not Uva Boll geez uh, with um no because Uva Boll is not a studio hack he's a tax shelter hack uh, yeah that's what he is whereas Balthazar Comic Corps has come over and made decent movies um but without a lot of personality to them he made wow well, this
1: is truly astounding <laughs> this the is loudest, we don't record recorded Tyler's
0: place but Tyler had to go hang out with Christians in Orlando um,
1: persecuted for his faith. That's what's happening right now.
0: <laughs> uh, Vosses of Comic Core came over here and he made um, uh, two guns, which mm-hmm. I liked. The Mark Wahlberg, uh, Denzel Washington movie. He made contraband, which I didn't like. The Mark I Wahlberg, okay, you did, yeah.
1: From uh, what I remember part
0: when they go to is it what they, is it Haiti or, or is it? I uh, don't even.
1: I remember Mark Wahlberg holding onto the back of a truck while like driving around or something. That's uh, all I remember.
0: Oh, you're talking about the big, yeah, the big gunfight. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, I don't even know. Anyway. So there's contraband. He made that. But then he he he, he sort of graduated to nearly Prestige Fair about a year and a mm. half ago when he made Everest. Yeah. Which was like Prestige, but then it ended up coming prestigi out in August, I. which is not uh it's the way it didn't get a good, good like uh, awards sure. push or whatever. Was Jillen but, Hall uh, on that? Yeah, Gyllenhaal, oh. Hall, Josh Brolin, um uh who's the main guy? Um uh was it was it Jason Clark? Is he the main guy? Oh, uh, I hope so. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, it sounds nice. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki, speaking of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, she's in it. Um, I'm sure she's a lovely girl. <laughs> uh, she was on The Night Manager. I know you watch TV, right?
1: I do. Did I watched watch part the of The Night, Night manager? manager, yeah.
0: So she's the beautiful blonde woman. On she that was show.
1: very beautiful, yeah. very blonde.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but but he, he, is... Kamakor started. He's an Icelandic director. He started there. He made a movie called One Hundred and One Reykjavik, which mm-hmm. I saw. Have you seen that? I have not. It's kind of a. I mean, it's kind of an Icelandic take on a on the kind of like uh, sad arrested adolescent man indie that you see all the time here. Do you know what I mean? I love
1: it. Sounds <laughs> great. That's um, a that's a zip code in Reykjavik. So 101? I wonder. Yeah. yeah so okay. I wonder if that like relates to a certain part of the city. I was staying in 105, so Um, a little different.
0: (laughs) And then he made a movie called The Sea, I think was him, which was like a turgid family drama. It was well shot, but uh, I wasn't super into it. And then he Mm. he made another Icelandic movie before he came here that was called like Jar City or something. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that. Um, So there's him, and then like two years ago, there was a movie called Rams, which I don't know if you. Uh, it was about.
1: Uh, it's that about the brothers that had the sheep. Yes, I saw the advertisements for it, but I didn't actually watch it. Was it was
0: actually a good movie. Um, but uh, but basically, we have reached the end of my knowledge That's, of Icelandic cinema. You know
1: what? I was thinking about this on the way over here, actually, which is a terrible time to try and do some mental research. But I uh, I don't actually know that much about Icelandic film at all, despite yeah. like having a fervent love for Iceland. Um, so,
0: well, what do you love about Iceland, Bjork?
1: Um, no, I. I, I feel like it came up a lot at a certain time in my life when things meant more like signs. i believed a lot more in signs, I think.
0: And so the movie, the M. Night Shyamalan movie.
1: Yeah. I believed in the movie signs. Yeah. That was my religion <laughs> for a long time. I would leave glasses of water everywhere. You can there see, you I have yeah. one right here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I got really uh, addicted to the idea of Iceland and then, um, like what it would mean to go there, I guess. And
0: sort of but like, man, I don't really understand why. Why Iceland? Hmm. I'm not saying that I am skeptical. I'm saying I just... No, you look very skeptical. <laughs> I'm just saying I want more... thing. I want you to point to more things and say this is the thing about Iceland.
1: Um, I don't know that I knew at the time like what the fascination was necessarily. I think like uh, there's a musician, Nico Muley, and he like was always going on about Iceland and always experiencing Iceland. And there was a lot of things about Iceland that seemed really beautiful and sort of mystical to me. And it seemed like sort of this idyllic place far away from here. I don't know. It just seemed like there was some really captivating things about it. And the landscape of course is so foreign and strange and just absolutely like something out of a dream. And I can say that for like, I went to the blue lagoon and I went to a couple places in Iceland that were so strange looking. It seems otherworldly, you know, I can see why they film stuff there that like yeah. game of Thrones and places that are larger than the imagination that are like worlds that you can't imagine. It's incredibly beautiful and incredibly strange. But-
0: uh, I, I believe you. I got I to gotta go try these hot dogs. Um, <laughs> if
1: you have enough of them, you start seeing other things, too. So, you know. Uh,
0: so basically, uh, after, yeah, exhausting uh, two filmmakers and exhausting my entire knowledge uh, of Icelandic <sighs> cinema, cinema. That I has decided, been
1: the podcast about Iceland, uh, <laughs> yeah. about film. Um,
0: um, I decided, well, let's talk about Scandinavian cinema yeah. in general. And I found that um, uh, Finland is also kind of upper, underrepresented mm-hmm. but they have Aki Kurismaki the the the, the filmmaker um, who uh, is uh, uh, Jim Jarmusch is a big fan he made uh, Lahav was like the last thing he made that was um, um, uh, I guess got a lot of attention and then they had, they had the, uh, Finland also had that movie Rare Exports which was about yeah. the demon Santa Clauses mm-hmm. uh, but yeah Iceland and Finland I mean I hope I don't know if we have listeners there I hope we do but uh we got to see more of your stuff.
1: We want to see it. Yeah. I feel like it's a place that lends itself to I was trying to think about that. I was like why are so many artists and so many really like people who make really beautiful strange work from this place? I think there's not a lot to like see and do in a sense. Like it's a very sort of like muted place from what I experienced of it and I was like, "Oh, I think you have like really just a lot of time to think and a lot of time to imagine and a lot of time to like maybe think about other lives or other worlds or other things."
0: Yeah. Do you know that um I remember uh how long have you lived in Los Angeles?
1: Uh like my whole life.
0: Okay. Okay, so you don't obviously have this the the same thing I have, which is that Los Angeles was an acquired taste. And it took me about a year and a half of hating it here before I lived no,
1: it. It's always, no, it's always it's always yeah. been my favorite place I've uh, ever been, and I always yeah, come back to it.
0: Now it is my favorite place um and I can't really imagine leaving except for maybe. I can imagine
1: leaving all the time. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but um I did I remember having this feeling about a year in of being like I'm like, I miss having like weather that kept me from being able to have fun. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I miss Chicago. I miss it being snowy and rainy and cold. And I just have to sit inside with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Los Angeles is a place where it's, it's, it's a different kind of depression because you can always distract yourself here.
1: Um, Yeah, you never have to be alone. You never are isolated anywhere. You never are given over to that kind of introspection that I think is necessary for creative work. Um, I spent the entire time I was in Iceland alone, and a lot of it, like, in a room looking out a window. And um, I did some mental creative work at the time. I was trying not to, like, be writing so much, but Uh, because I was really trying to force myself outside to be like go experience the place go like really investigate it and so forth but I think that it is a place that would lend itself to quite a bit of like inside time quite a bit of like monotonous uh, thinking
0: um Okay, so we've 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 covered Iceland and Finland. Right, Norway's also going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of big uh, films out of Norway, but they also gave us a studio hack. Uh, the so Mor- many uh, Morton Tildum who made uh, Passengers. My, uh listeners, remember, my my least favorite film of twenty sixteen. Imitation Game, right? Uh, and the Imitation Game. But he before that he made a movie called Headhunters mm-hmm. with um, uh, Nikolai Kostrovaldo. Uh, oh, yeah, you're Tell a TV more. fan, you know he played a. Uh, he played, pl- plays Jamie Lannister. I say past tense because I stopped watching Game of Thrones. But I never I guess watched it. He still it, plays Jamie so. Lannister, um, but yeah, Headhunters is a, a, a movie that is. It's not great or anything, but it's fun in a super like bloody dark uh, way. And what it's, fun? <laughs> it's basically about this guy who's a. Um, He's this uh, sort of little diminutive guy. This is not Nikolai Costa uh, who is a professional headhunter for corporations. He finds people, uh, but he's also an art thief on the side. Oh, I love So what I he does that. is he finds rich people, job interviews, and then while they're on their job in the interviews, he knows in the they're at home. Yep. Yeah, He goes and steals their art. And so Nikolai Costa plays plays um, the, the, the guy who, who he steals from, who doesn't take it well. And so most of the movie is Nicolai Costa, trying to kill this little like uh Dominic Monaghan, looking <laughs> looking dude. Ooh. And it gets, yeah, a lot of people die. It gets very bloody. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and then he came over here and make, started making boring movies. Yeah, probably for uh,
1: a lot more money.
0: Yeah. Or I um, never begrudge anyone there,
1: their hackiness.
0: Or, I guess I would begrudge. I, I, I think, Passengers is a, I don't know if you saw it, it's a moral I crime. did not.
1: It was, it, it. I heard horrible, horrible things and I didn't want to give it any money, so. Uh,
0: I didn't give it any money. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I saw it because I'm a big VIP, big, big critic.
1: Oh, I didn't uh, know I was in the presence of greatness. Yeah, 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 My yeah. goodness. I'm so honored to be co-hosting a podcast with the, someone so famous.
0: Let's just say the name David Baxholm has a lot of doors in this town.
1: Whoa.
0: One of them is the doors to a screening room in Burbank where I saw Passengers. <laughs> oh, Yes. Um, anyway, uh, and then I also there was a mo- there was a Norwegian movie I remember coming out um, called Elling that
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't remember very well, but it was basically about like uh, a couple of like mentally ill dudes becoming friends with each other. It was a cute so movie.
1: Every movie ever,
0: sure. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So we've gotten those three countries out of the way because okay. really what we're going to focus on here is Denmark and Sweden because yes. the, now the tables have turned. You've got very prolific outputs from these two. Why do you
1: think that is? I don't know.
0: I, I should have looked up, like, the population. Maybe it's just, like, proportional. Maybe there are just more people in Denmark and Sweden than there are in the is other. That other how, is that Canadian how movies country? get
1: made? If there's enough people in a country, it, they start making movies because they have nothing else to do? I <laughs> this think is a wild make, theory, and you're hearing it more, here first.
0: They would make more movies if there are more people. Okay. I'm saying the number of movies that come out would be proportional to the population.
1: If you're done ranting your crazy theories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so, uh, Denmark has given us, obviously, Lars von Trier. Yes. Is that who who you think of when you think of Denmark in film?
1: No, I forgot he was from Denmark, but (laughs) as soon as you said that, I thought, yes, of course.
0: Um, So you've got Lars von Trier. Are you pro
1: him? Are you anti him?
0: Um, Pro his movies, Mm -hmm. which is not the same as being pro him.
1: Well, you know, whatever. Art, artists, separate, whatever. Yeah, Yeah,
0: generally. But that's becoming harder, isn't it? I think so. It's really,
1: it's really becoming difficult for me, especially. And I didn't think it would be, I thought I was someone who was able to reason my way into or out of whatever it is, but But I I think more and more it's like, no, I'm I'm good. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's become part of, I think, um, certain listeners are going to hate my using this term, but like woke culture where I'm realizing like maybe Mm,
1: not a good look as a white man friend.
0: But that's what I'm saying is maybe like my, it was my privilege that made it easier for me to separate the art from the artist because oh, I yeah. was never the person being offended. Yes, like, absolutely. I was, I think know, that's very true. When, when Mel Gibson said Jews are responsible for all the w- wars in the world, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to separate that because I'm not a Jew. Sure. You know, when, when, when Casey Affleck has this history of accusa- sexual assault accusations, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a woman. It affects that, me less. It, so- that
1: really killed me because I love like, um, Kenneth Lonergan, like so much. Margaret was one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I wanted to see Manchester by the Sea. I haven't seen it yet, and I probably won't see it because of that. And I was so it's a great movie, but I don't. I'm sure it's fantastic. <laughs> I, he's I live and die by his movies. I love him, and I can't go see his. I can't go see it. You
0: yeah. And so I'm I'm realizing that it's be, that as I've I, again I'm putting quotes on like as I become more quote unquote woke. Uh, well,
1: I appreciate that you're making the effort because a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't see it that way and they see it as some sort of like, you know, Oh, it doesn't matter, you know, or like, that's just not something to think about, which I think is such a, again, a privileged position. Like, Oh, how nice for you that you don't have to consider <laughs> these things. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, there are things I've said on this podcast before about separating the art from the artist um, and about Mel Gibson in particular that I wish I could like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. No, I don't say uh, they're a part of my history, the part of who I am, but I've, I, I've always thought that Mel Gibson is a very good filmmaker um, and I still feel that way, but I'm maybe a little less uh, interested in insisting on it now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, um, it's also just like, what does it matter? Like who's winning that fight? Like what is the fight to be won there?
0: Yeah, I guess, I, I guess I, I no longer, I feel like you can live a fully, a well-rounded life without ever having seen Apocalypto, even though I think Apocalypto is great.
1: <laughs> I think somehow we'll all struggle through. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lars von Trier, Definitely not as uh, hashtag problematic as some of the people we've just named, but you know he did say some things about Nazis at Cannes a year or two ago. Yeah, uh, we're he's all Kirsten
1: Dunst freaking out, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my um, god. Uh, he's definitely not. Yeah, he comes with some with some baggage. But have you
1: seen the *Nymphomaniac* series? Uh,
0: no, I have. Screeners that have been sitting behind my TV right over there. Just so no one sees ten, them. 10 yards from us, <laughs> less than 10 yards from us. For that was filthy that, material is in like, this house? For three years, I've had that there, and I haven't brought myself to say. I've never seen Antichrist either.
1: I've never seen Antichrist. I went to go see Nymphomaniac um, at the New Beverly and was going to stay for two, but it got late, and I'm old, so I didn't. But, yeah, I mean, I w- yeah. it was interesting, but... I don't know that I would need to see it again, you know.
0: Um, yeah, the New Beverly. Again, this is just, we're getting so inside here, but also like I've also skipped out on the second half of a double feature at the New Beverly oh, just because all the time it's I'm, not the most comfortable. Maybe I'm spoiled by like so many theaters. You don't go to
1: the New Beverly to be comfortable.
0: But if I'm going to sit there, you know, for four four and a half hours, it's going to you know. Yeah it's going to get to me.
1: I've seen, well, this brings us to a different filmmaker on our list, but I've okay. seen like, um, most of the Bergman films I've ever seen. I saw at new Beverly. Okay. And, uh, there's one in particular that is not often shown, which is the like really long version of Fanny and Alexander. That is, that
0: is like the TV version.
1: Yeah. Something okay. like that. Like there's the film version, which I think is only three hours. And I think there, I think the TV one is like seven or something like it's something insane. Right. Yeah, I remember
0: when, uh, I'm not sure if it's still in print, but, Criterion put out the DVD mm. that I think had both versions. Yeah. This is back when I was in college, so I don't know if they still have it. But uh, uh, yeah, I like that You're like oh, the, the theatrical version is only, it's a mere three hours.
1: Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But yeah, the other one is literally six or seven or something, but that's probably one of, I would say that's one of my top like 10 favorite movies I've really? ever seen. I've never l- seen it. I've never seen either version. Yeah. It's uh it's got all sorts of things that I really love, which is just sprawling family dramas. I love those. And then, um, I think being able to really see things the way that like r- transmit things the way that you remember them being as a child, I think is a really special skill in noticing that a lot of filmmakers don't have or don't hold on to. Yeah. So, cause I mean, I remember watching AI and being like, this is a really skillful film about childhood. This is not a film about from someone who remembers childhood well. And,
0: um, but wouldn't you say in other movies that Spielberg has tapped into childhood better? Like in, I guess E.T. It
1: still feels like an adult's memory of it. It doesn't feel like a child's ex- current experience of, um, um of it, of yeah. like life. So I think that like Brigman for whatever reason, in Fanny and Alexander, I, th- I think the chil- children actors are just really exceptional, but if for whatever reason, that film especially taps into, I think like the way that you see things with limited understanding as a child and how that affects your life.
0: Um, I got to see this movie. Uh, maybe it's not. great. It's uh, maybe great. I've seen it see. every
1: time they show it at the new Beverly, I go see it again. Cause it's so great.
0: Oh, you're such a good movie, movie fan.
1: It's the only I, movie I've ever seen. So I don't know. <laughs> 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 My review is very confusing.
0: Um, there are times we talked about this uh, recently on the podcast. There are times uh, I've like, when I lived in Chicago, I would go to the rep houses all the time, and now sometimes I
1: don't anymore. You know, and sometimes i It was like three years before I went back to the New Beverly recently. Like I just stopped yeah. going. You know,
0: I, I'll see a listing like, "Oh, that sounds good." Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can rent it on Amazon. <laughs> That's Aww. like what I'll think. I'll be like, "Which is, uh, I, I know it's it's bad, but it's uh, you know, I don't like people unless, of course, I'm in Las Vegas or on a cruise or around basic people. Yeah, sure, people. your people. Yeah,
1: you want to be around your people. I get that.
0: Uh, all right, well, I, I, we jumped from... That's fine, uh, but um, I wanted to name a couple of other, of other uh, Danish directors oh, yeah. real quick. Uh, there's uh, Susan Beer, mm-hmm. uh, who made uh, Brothers, the original... Susanna? For, is it Susanna? I believe so. Okay, um, but she also directed the aforementioned The Night Manager. She mm-hmm. did that, that miniseries, uh, but yeah, she directed Brothers, which was remade with Jake Gyllenhaal and Toby Maguire, is that right? Maybe, the, the that American sounds great. Remake. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and then there's, uh, and now I'm forgetting his name, but the guy who made, he's clearly got a, a little, he's, he's got a, 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 what's what's the word I'm looking for? He's got a gimmick, because his movies are a hijacking and a war.
1: Mm, you know that guy that I'm talking Articles.
0: About? Uh, <laughs> he loves his articles. Yeah, um, I'm forgetting his no, name.
1: No, I don't remember his name at all.
0: Uh, and then Denmark, of, uh, to to move from directors to actors, Denmark of course gave us Alicia Mads Vikander. Oh, oh, and uh, Alicia Vikander. Oh, sorry, um, I
1: don't know how to say her name. I just whisper it to myself, <laughs> <laughs> like a totem charm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, can... the person in every single movie ever on the list of Scandinavian movies.
0: Yeah, but uh, when I think about it, like I, I've seen him in much much more English speaking stuff. I think like mm-hmm. the hunt is like the only thing I can think of that the, I remember seeing him. Cause I never, I yeah. think
1: he and her were both in a movie that about royalty. Do you oh, remember wait, a
0: Royal affair, a Royal affair, which yes. was really he good. Was, of course. I forgot he was in it. Cause that was where I first saw her. Yeah. Um,
1: Same. I think. And I was, I really liked that film and I was surprised it didn't like get more attention or kind of stick around longer.
0: Yeah. That, that's right. That, that, that was a good movie, but that's, uh, there's a certain kind of movie that I think, um, even you know, I'm not a young man anymore, I'm thirty-four. Wow. Um,
1: Selling yourself down the river.
0: Uh I'm 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 barely a millennial. Technically, I'm barely a millennial.
1: Yeah, you like cruise ships. I don't know if that's millennial behavior, my friend.
0: I don't like millennial behavior. You know what I learned? This is so tragic.
1: Lay it on me. I'm ready.
0: Millennials don't gamble. That's what yeah. I've learned. Las Vegas is actually losing money because of this. I, I heard, heard
1: that. I was so sad to hear it. I couldn't they believe it for
0: parking at casinos now.
1: I know I was recently there and I had to pay. No, I didn't. I went to circus circus,
0: so they don't make you pay for anything. <laughs> you went to, I've never been to circus circus. I
1: went there when I was a kid and I had good memories. So I thought I'd go there again. My memories are different <laughs> than how it is now. Um, I saw the most brutal uh, moment of domestic violence I've ever witnessed in person yeesh. at circus circus. So that's pretty great. Oh, don't go there. Everyone. <laughs> It wasn't to me, but it was to someone else. But, and security broke it up really fast. But I was just like, oh my, Vegas is different than I remember
0: it yeah. being. Now I feel weird about complaining that my fellow millennials don't gamble. It seems so trite now.
1: I think everyone should, you know, do what they want with their money. Um, it's a nice diplomatic response, right? There you go. I can still be mayor. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. But yeah, I did. Um, uh, yeah, my wife and I went to went to Las Vegas recently and we got.
1: Where's sh- your guys' place? Like, where's your hotel that you like? Do you have like one place you just kind of go for
0: what's cheapest? Like, we tend to go for um, what's cheapest um like on the strip like on the strip you want to be where the action is she she's a downtown person and mm-hmm. so i've never i've never actually i've been you know i've taken the taken a cab down to downtown and like gambled done and had fun uh, at the downtown casinos but i've never st- i've never stayed at the golden nugget no. or the d which is i guess is the newer one oh um, i don't know
1: about this one either uh,
0: but that's where she stays when she goes with her sister or her or her friends um, huh. but uh we we at the I flamingo I like the Cosmo. I'm very I'm a real basic bitch about that. Oh, but see that's that's pricey. I have stayed at the Cosmo once, but that's uh, oh other people always pay for it. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the guy that
1: makes me sound awful. No, like I get like my <laughs> friends are actresses and, and pe- club, club promoters pay them to come, so then I go with them.
0: That's fun. Um, We stayed at the Flamingo this time. Went to the Flamingo pool and we got severely out by some North Dakotans in their fifties.
1: Oh, they're having the time of their life. They,
0: they came down from North Dakota for a birthday party. Yep. Uh, they burned
1: Vegas to the ground it sounds like and then well, left. They went
0: at the at the, at the at the pool. They went all out with like not just the cabana rental, but me. like the bottle service Full bar, oh, private bartender. Is there band?
1: anything sadder than that? Like no. that really makes me sad. See, this is the this like triggers a cycle of depression in me see, to hear things to like that.
0: I think it's fun, and I'm like, oh. I'm going to do that someday when I have a ton of money. Because this just
1: remind you about how we're all going to die. Like uh, seeing something like that. That oh, I think flagrant, about how we're all going to
0: die every. I know, second. but like I a flagrant mean, display I
1: mean, like that is just like, wow, we really are all going to die. Like it's imminent. Yeah, see,
0: I, I think about it all the time, and so I need stuff like that to distract to you, distract me. So angst of life. Sure. The the this party. uh, and, and, and the woman who was, uh, the, I guess she was like, the last bill they brought me to sign was for $2,800. And she was like, I don't know if that includes the cabana rental or if that's just the booze we've drank today. That's
1: probably just booze. Uh,
0: and yeah. So also, that seems low um, for that much well, booze. It was halfway through, halfway through the day. Um, Whew. and she, um, but she kept giving me and my wife shots. That's so day. nice. And, but they kept going. We were like, we got to go.
1: Down. I, yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> um,
0: uh, although yeah well, my wife went and laid down I laid down for a little bit and then I went back to the pool uh, and I played five dollar craps poolside because they got uh, Look at you. tables living it the up pool. Um, how did we get on casinos from
1: you were talking about a list of things you loved and it was Mads Mikkelsen and then it was Vegas those were the only two things on the list and you said end of list
0: uh, I was talking about me being old, and I can't remember how I got to. Oh, so you
1: went with a more boring answer. Okay.
0: <laughs> I honestly can't remember how we uh, got. We're talking about, uh, I don't
1: think we're talking about Danish people, movies, things. Yeah, I don't know. I
0: can't remember how we got there. Uh, you are uh, old. I can't but yeah, remember. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, he's great. Um, yeah, okay. We're done. Uh, we're done with, de- with Denmark. <laughs> Bye, Denmark. <laughs> uh, are there any other Danish movies we should we should mention? It's going to kill me that I can't remember how I got onto. Uh, uh, I mean, we can wait
1: know. silently while you try struggle to remember.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. And Thomas Vinterberg, I think, is also uh, Danish, who made the, the celebration. He has a new one out now, or coming out, called The Commune, which hmm. I have not seen. Anyway, Sweden. Sweden. And Ingmar Bergman. We've talked yes. about Ingmar Bergman. You're Uh, uh, a Bergman fan?
1: I'm a Bergman fan. I'm not as big a Bergman fan as some people. My my friend Richard Ayoade, the director, is very into Bergman and, like, super obsessed and, like, thinks he's the greatest director of all time. And, I mean, he is a great director, but I haven't seen all of his stuff. I think that his movies tend to be, um, obviously, like, obsessive about religion, obsessive about, like, that kind of, I think, same, uh, weather space that we were talking about in Iceland where it's like very like dark and cold. And I think it's given to a lot of like alone time, a lot of introspection, that sort of things.
0: But you know, uh, Tyler and I talked about this recently because I recently rewatched slash watched all of, for the first time, the seventh seal. Mm-hmm. Cause I'd only seen it when I was like 16 and I hadn't even seen all of it. Sure. Um, and it's in so many ways, it's not that idea of, of Bergman. The seventh seal is bright it's pastoral. Mm-hmm. It's fun and funny. Like it has a jester character who like well, dances around and does. I
1: like mean, wild strawberries so is similar too. like, it's very, right. like I think lighthearted, very, like very open spaces, very beautiful. I guess I'm thinking more of films like winter light or, you know, silence. Like, I don't know. There's like the ones that are more that way about it where it's like more yeah. closed in spaces and that sort of thing. And the obsessive, obsessive thinking about religion.
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I, my I came to Bergman through, uh, interiors, which is Woody mm-hmm. Allen's yeah. Bergman tribute, sure. and that's exactly what you're talking about. It's called interiors. Right. It's exactly it's all closed in and and squared off and mm-hmm. uh, and, and so cries like that.
1: and whispers um, <laughs> Z,
0: yeah. And uh, and so I was kind of like um, uh, revisiting slash experiencing for the first time. The Seventh Seal was uh, a revelation for me. I didn't hmm. uh, expect to have so much fun. Yeah, with that movie.
1: Interesting. I'll have to rewatch it. I haven't seen it again since I was probably the same age.
0: Um, now, speaking of fun or the opposite of it in some ways, uh, uh, there's another Swedish film director I like named uh, Lucas Moodison, mm-hmm. um who made, uh, oh, I first saw he made a movie which was released in the U.S. with the title Show Me Love. Hmm. I don't know if you remember this movie. The Swedish title it takes place in a in a mid-sized uh city called Amal and the Swedish title of the movie is Fucking Amal because it's basically like about that. it's like a teenage lesbian love story about mm-hmm. these like two girls who have a you know uh, a relationship and can't wait to grow up and get out of Amal. Aww. Uh and it's a it's a delightful movie but then he went on to make a movie called Lilia Forever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um which I think is kind of uh, a little bit older than what you're talking about with Fanny, Fanny, Fanny and Alexander but a movie that feels like you're experiencing the world from a teenager's point of view mm-hmm. and so it's a movie that it's one of the most crushing, depressing movies we have ever seen because it's a movie about a teenage girl who is tricked into sex, like sold into sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of the movie is from the teenage girl's point of view that you kind of like it feels like a teenager and so it kind of feels like this show me love. It feels like this uh, almost kind of lighthearted coming of age movie. Like you've seen a million times and it's only over time that you realize like where this is going and it ends up being more devastating because it feels so much of it feels so young and carefree. Um, lily forever is a, is an amazing movie, but I don't recommend it lightly because mm-hmm. yeah. the subject matter is super heavy and it is a very depressing movie once it's, once it's said and done.
1: Yeah. That does sound like it is heavy.
0: Um, Let's see. We've also got uh, Tomas Alfredson who made. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm only talking. When I'm talking about the movies, uh, I'm trying to stick to uh, the movies they made in in country. Yes, you know, because um, Tomas Alfredson came here and made Tinker, Tailor, Soldier, Spy, which I thought was uh, beautiful and brilliant.
1: That's the movie he, James Rocky fell asleep in.
0: <laughs> After you told James Rocky you wouldn't,
1: he doesn't care now. Okay,
0: <laughs> I'm sure. Um, well, that's too bad because that's a great movie. Um, um, he wasn't the only one that fell asleep. There was a bunch of people that fell asleep. It's uh, it's kind of a slow movie. I saw it on Christmas Day with my family.
1: I saw it at some, I think I saw it at the Wilshire Screening Room, and then the Focus Features did a big lunch like they used to do for critics, and I got to sit with Colin Firth for a long time while he told me about splitting his pants at the Oscars or something delightful.
0: So, was this an award season
1: type yeah, thing? Yeah, Focus okay. Features used to throw these big lunches where they would invite um critics and every all the the stars and all the cinematographers and everybody to come and, and the director to come and like talk and move around and so you could just talk to everybody so yeah gary oldman was there and colin firth and we all sit like these little like a little table like this and yeah then the, the next year or the, a couple years later they did it for anna karenina so we got to have dinner with her um what's her name kira knightley i don't know those were great lunches i'm sure they still do them i'm just not important enough to be invited anymore
0: uh i got um uh, I, I'm so you're obviously higher up the or you were at least higher up the chain than than I uh, don't worry, I'm, I'm the
1: I, lowest of the low now, my friend. <laughs> you're better than me, don't worry.
0: I've been invited to very few of those, but I did get invited I think this was Focus did um a Monster Calls this year. Was that a Focus morning? Because I got invited to the A Monster Calls one mm-hmm. and I couldn't make the screening. But I was like scheduled to see another screening later and so I asked the publicist like, I am gonna see the movie yeah. and he was like, No, we'd rather you only attend if you've seen the movie beforehand, so I didn't... I
1: didn't uh, that's you. so lame, because it's not like they want to talk about the movie anyway, really. Yeah. Oh, terrible.
0: Uh, they just wanted to keep out the riff ref. Uh, d- like, worked. As, as soon as that it guy was done well. emailing me, he, like, removed my name from a list. He was like, I'm sure. that I never should have been invited to the yeah. Monster Call's luncheon.
1: They were like, I'm sorry, what was your name? <laughs> uh,
0: but Thomas Robertson in, in country, to go back to that, made yes. uh, Let the Right One In. Ah. Oh, which one is of the well. greatest, uh, yeah, wonderful movie. Um,
1: Same cinematographer as um, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy.
0: I didn't know that. What's his or her name?
1: His name is something I don't remember. Okay. He's a great guy, though. Very um, interesting and loves to talk about cameras. You had lunch with him. Yes, we had lunch for that. One of the lunches for that. Yeah, that's nice. It was nice. That's very nice. He's a great guy.
0: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I never, I never saw the American remake of Let the Night Went In. I Let did. Me
1: in. Um, the original, I really, I think I prefer the original, but I thought the remake was a pretty faithful remake. Okay. So much so that the director um, was like, I don't know why they remade it because it was very, very similar to the original.
0: I guess just to have it in English.
1: I think literally that was it, which is right. a little silly,
0: but. Well, that's why I like the idea of, um, and there's something else Tyler and I have talked about. Like, So in 1997, mm-hmm. Mikhail Haneke made Funny Games yes. in German. -hmm. In 2007, he made the same movie, like shot at the same locations uh, in English. And I feel like making
1: your own remake is kind of a baller move though. Yeah.
0: And so I feel like,
1: cause you get a chance to perfect the, the, like the mistakes that you made in the first one. I feel like the, the desire to like solve any issues that were in the first one would be so strong. I don't know if I could do a perfect remake.
0: See, I feel like he's doing like the, he's just like, this is just a translation for him. He's like, yeah. well, I'm going to make it in English. So I'm saying Brady Corbett was really good in that, it, by the way. Um, I actually never saw the English language one. Mm. Um, uh, the, the German one is one of my favorite movies of all time um, but I'm saying it's been another 10 years he should be making the movie again Air in Games. like No, I'm saying he should make the exact same thing again, but this time in like either Spanish or Chinese, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Chinese if he wants to be future-proof, sure. Yeah,
0: there you go. And that's just something he should do every 10 years. uh,
1: Well, uh, are you on the horn to his publicist? Like, how are we going to get this going? (laughs) What's going to happen, man? Come on. You have a dream. Let's make it happen. Um, You know what? This podcast is so powerful that I think that by merely mentioning the possibility of this, it's going to get the buzz going. The people are going to start writing, calling in. There's going to be like a groundswell of support for this idea.
0: There we go. That's going to happen. But instead, he's making, he's reuniting with uh, Isabel Huppert, and he has a movie at Cannes this year. No complaints there.
1: (laughs) All right. I mean, I guess if you're going to do something with your life.
0: (laughs) Are you a fan of Mikhail Hanukkah? Do you like his
1: movies? Yeah, sure. Um, He's great, you know.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a certain breed of critic who, they they don't like him because, I mean, he's such a scold, and he's so obvious about it. But I feel like if you're he's talented enough that I don't mind that he's obvious I think I don't mind that he's blunt his movies have all the more power for being blunt mm-hmm. because they're not blunt and dumb
1: right they're not like tone deaf they're not like right. unskilled like everything looks like a nail when you're a hammer type filmmaking which right. there are definitely filmmakers like that
0: yeah um although I guess his if he is a hammer his nail is uh uh European bourgeois <laughs> like sure. this are the people that he wants to he spends his entire money entire movies punishing e- Europeans with uh, you know with with money mm-hmm. um, which I guess maybe that's something that, just that, that appeals to you <laughs> you're,
1: you're <laughs> smiling so yeah. much right now thinking about it sure
0: um, okay we um, and then we got uh, so we talked about Bergman Talked about Thomas Anderson we talked about Lucas Moodison we've got uh, Roy Anderson mm-hmm. the uh, uh, I guess avant-garde whatever um yeah. uh, comedian who made uh, uh their art movies and their co- comedies right he made mm-hmm. um uh what's the, the the first songs from the second floor and then he made that second one i forget the name of and then he made a pigeon sat on a branch pondering existence mm-hmm. um so there's him there is him uh all right <laughs> um i've recently thanks to Somewhat recently over the past like couple of years, thanks to the Criterion Collection, discovered uh, Jan Troil. Troil? i do not hmm. sure how you say his name. I'm not but sure. he made uh, Here Is Your Life, and then he made uh, the sort of two-part um, The Emigrant Slash The New Land, which stars Max van Sydow and Liv Ullman, hmm. two of the great uh, yeah. Swedish uh, actors. Absolutely. And Criterion put all of that out, and so I'm a big fan now. I haven't seen
1: those. Those sound great.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Okay, And there's force majeure. Did you see, for- see force yes. majeure? Yes. That's a great movie. My
1: goodness. It is such a great movie. I mean, everyone said so and they yeah. were all right for <laughs> once, you know, like yeah. it really, it really is lovely. I mean, even the name of it is really kind of a perfect title.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yes. Uh, and I'm a big fan of this is again, like we have this idea, I think because of certain Bergman films mm-hmm. and because of Woody Allen's interiors, we have an idea of Swedish cinema and so much of what I've talked about with Roy Anderson um, and with The Seven Seal and with Force Majeure, I'm forgetting the name of the director. Um, so I think Ruben something? I can't remember. Um, like, those are all funny movies. Like, Force Majeure is weirdly very funny. It's also, you know. Uh, devastating and completely uh, unrelenting in the way that it sort of picks apart the... the but I feel like the, it has a very the,
1: silly B-plot, right? Like, doesn't it have, like, some very silly moments in it?
0: Uh, yeah, there's, like, the drone uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing. Yeah, but, um, I mean, the main ideal is... The, the main, like, premise that kicks it off is that this guy in the face of an oncoming avalanche, abandons his kids and takes his cell phone. And then he has to spend the rest of the movie sort of contending with uh, what a shitty father and husband he might be. Sure. Um, but it also is full of uh, of very, very funny stuff. Even like the most emotional moment where he breaks down in the ho- hotel hallway is also very funny because he's crying mm-hmm. so hard. Anyway. Uh, hmm. Do you have anything else to say about Scandinavian
1: my goodness, movies. so direct! Such a Scandinavian move. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I guess I really don't. I mean, I, I think that in many ways that I think Bergman especially sort of formed the ideal of what foreign film is for a lot of people. Like, I think that the idea of like what a foreign movie is like came it, from from that region. So I think it's, it's kind of interesting.
0: Well, I think it's a it's a because I've, I've had this exact thought before. It's a fifty fifty split. People think what people think of, and they don't even realize they're thinking of it. But they think of. Uh, of Ingmar Bergman and the thinking of Elaine Resnay and last year at Marienbad
1: mm, yeah because absolutely that is absolutely the foreign film <laughs> yeah oh, every like god, parody
0: of French films is like is that, yeah. two yeah. people facing different directions in staring black and white, into like <laughs> muttering yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> which is just last year at Marienbad
1: oh god that's so good
0: uh, and I feel like it's been parodied so much that people who parody it don't necessarily no, no. know they're parodying. I think
1: people just think that's what it like just have an idea <laughs> of what a foreign movie is like and they don't yeah they definitely yeah. don't know where it's from
0: yeah uh, all right. So, um, well, next time you're on, we'll talk about uh, last year, Mary and Ben. Yeah, LA for Anderson. sure. I have more to say. We'll about do a
1: rewatch. It. It'll be great. Yeah,
0: there we go. Um, so uh, this was a very cursory, glance at uh, Scandinavian we cinema. We didn't go deep at all on we anything. We did not go deep. We um, didn't
1: provide any value or usefulness, but thank uh, you for listening anyway.
0: <laughs> yes. But, well, I think we had a lot of fun. We talked about screening rooms. We did. <laughs> so useful. We talked about happy hours near screening rooms, mm-hmm. uh, which is, yeah. Um, I should put together like a
1: dude a that guy that guy like if you wrote that up for your website it would do well yeah
0: but no the only people who would care are other <laughs> los angeles critics who would all be like i already know this and here's i, here, I have better ideas
1: okay there you go start a war uh, <laughs> uh, if you can't provide information to be useful start a fight
0: okay all right I'm film critic that. mantra so um you can find us uh you can find me at battleship com uh all sorts of movie reviews up uh uh, up there and all sorts of other stuff. Um, if you have any questions for uh, me and Tyler's uh, video seri- video mailbag series, Ask BP, you can email them to me at David at battleship com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Davy pretension. Oh, also uh, follow us on Instagram at battleship pretension. We've been actually, oh, wow. we've had an Instagram for a long time, we're actually using it uh, and it's been kind of fun. Um, Only kind of though. And I'm on Snapchat too you can find it it's in my in my Twitter bio um I mean where can people find you on the internet
1: um, I co-host a podcast called Two Girls Talking that is really popular in uh, new and noteworthy journals, personal journals. We have listeners all over the world. Uh, if you love listening to two girls yammer about literally whatever comes into their head for an hour a week, then you'll love that. The most recent episode I recorded from Iceland, so pretty fun. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aimee, A-M-A-E, and um, all of my info is in my bio there. He, my movies, no longer that I directed is no longer on Hulu because of <laughs> all sorts of things so you can't find my work on Hulu any longer but you know you could at one point and I'll just brag about that for a second.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. I Like, those is the movie I saw, right?
1: Maybe, I have made two. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, okay.
0: The the one that I saw at Busby's. Uh, no, that was a different one. That was a different one. Is but thank that one you for available coming. anywhere?
1: Uh, no, it got acquired and then unacquired and yeah, so okay. but I mean it's online. It's now we are not.com, I think.
0: Uh, Unless I stopped paying not. for it. Okay. So, Yes. Um that was a fun <laughs> time. That was a good movie. Thank you. Uh, I didn't see your second one but it was a fun time at Busby's. Mm. We saw
1: the other one was first, uh, though. It doesn't matter.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> 2011 <laughs> uh, friend of the show. Laramie was at, uh, yes! came all the way oh. down just to, just to come hang out. Uh, yes. He was, well,
1: he was the executive producer. So
0: yeah. Uh, good stuff. All right. Um, well, thank you uh, mm-hmm. for co-hosting and, and guest of course, it. thanks for the double duty.
1: Oh, uh, it was exhausting, but I pulled through. I did it.
0: Um, and, uh, thank you at home for listening. And as Tyler always says, even though I don't actually understand what he means by it, we'll get you next time.